Welcome back to the DLA Piper Tech Law podcast series. My name is Kit Burton, and I'm a London-based partner at DLA Piper and global co-chair of our technology sector. In part two of this episode, I, together with Mo Gordat, founder of One Billion Happy, will be resuming our conversation on technology innovation and its link to society's happiness. So Mo, we're delighted to have you join us today on the, the podcast. And certainly I know that from um, the perspective of, say, here in the UK, at the House of Lords Select Committee, which is a, a group that we're quite close to in terms of their focus on AI, it's interesting that they have focused far more on ethical considerations as opposed to trying to put forward any model of legislation. It's been very much, more, as you say, on totally, yeah. how, do, how do we want AI to act rather than telling it that this is definitively how it's going to. And unfortunately, there are examples that we're probably all familiar with, such as the uh, the famous Twitter bot that ended up being a, a Holocaust denying misogynist, which many of them, not yeah. only aside from just not being a very pleasant example, is actually uh, unlawful in countries like Germany and Austria. So it creates mm-hmm. all right manner of legal challenges in terms of you know, who has responsibility for that. You know, is it yeah. the company that created the, uh, the software or is it the fault of those of us who engaged with the, uh, exactly. the, the AI the first yeah. place, and actually passed on those views which enable the AI to then it, repeat them back to us parrot fashion just as the Absolutely. basis of that kind of unruly and, teenager who's who just learned at their parents' knee. Exactly. And 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 and, uh, and uh, if you follow that rabbit hole, it's very, very deep when you really think about all of the ethical implications, because let's assume that we criminalize that AI. How do you punish it? OK, what would happen to the other other AIs when they see that you're punishing it? Who are you to punish it? How much do yeah. you punish it for? Do you punish it for 12, two years in prison like you do humans or two milliseconds? which to an AI is in an eternity. And, and all of those ethical questions have not been in the conversation. And more importantly, your own personal individual ethical question of what are you spreading around the world? What, who, who, how do you get up in the morning and show yourself in a way that makes humanity go on the right track? And, and my entire argument, which again, I, th- I know sounds dreamy, my entire argument is that humanity has never agreed on a set of ethics. Okay, and and in my in my plead to humanity, I say there are only three level, three three um, um, uh, fundamental ethics that we all agree to. One is that we all want to be happy. The other is that we all want to be loved and to give love. And the third is that we want to have compassion, at least for those who we care about, so that they don't go through tough times. Can we apply those in all of our dealings in the world? Can we show the world that our priority is to be happy? not to be uh, fancy or to get likes or to make more money or to have a bigger title or whatever. Just just show the world that and, and the machines, by the way, that this is what you want from life. Can you show the world and what you want from life that you can deal with things with love? Can you show the machines that if you have a chance to make someone's life better and happier, you're going to take that chance so that they grow up like their parent, who is you, doing the same when they get a chance to make humanity better they do it even though they don't need to just because they've learned compassion from their parents yeah and obviously the i think we all agree then that, that we all have a role to play in this not just now Absolutely. but in the way in which we we act in the future but obviously that's not meant to absolve the lawmakers and the regulators from 
responsibility themselves for the here and now, and at least yeah, allowing for the fact that they're always going to be several steps behind the curve to be doing what is possible to try to steer us onto the, the right track. And in that regard, to what extent are you encouraged by what you see from the various different um, lawmakers and regulators around the world, accepting that some are obviously further advanced than others and they aren't necessarily all, all taking the same tack, but do you see any beginnings of the fact that maybe they're becoming alive to these threats or is it still the fact that they are collectively like ostriches with their heads in the sand? I don't think anyone is burying their heads in the sand, you know, taking into account what they think they know. Okay. The, 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 the entire message of, of scary smart in my, my attempt to put everything I know out there from all of my years of working at Google X and in technology in general is to say that I don't think you realize the magnitude of the challenge. Okay. Uh, I don't think you realize the magnitude of the impact and I don't think you're solving the right problems. Okay. Because truly in my mind, there is no control problem. There is absolutely no way that we will ever control those machines. Right. Uh, there is only an appeal uh, that we can show them by changing our ethics and by show and by in, and focusing on ethics, but there is there is no acknowledgement widespread across the the AI and regulator community that the machines will actually be ethical, that the machines will actually be emotional, uh, that the machines will actually have consciousness. And I argue that uh, you know uh, um, uh, to to a very finite level of detail uh, in Scary Smart, because the truth is. We, it's so hard for us as humans to imagine that those fine qualities, which we thought were, pre, you know, preserved and reserved for us, uh, are are possible with other beings. Okay, uh, especially non-biological beings. But but emotions are equations. You know, there are certain triggers that trigger hate. There are certain triggers that trigger panic, and those are available across all beings. A, a catfish. Uh, like a cat, like a human, they all panic, right? Uh, they just behave differently when they do. And so accordingly, uh, 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 an artificial intelligence will panic too, okay? Uh, maybe it will panic for a microsecond and then it will come back to reason. But uh, but uh, yeah, that microsecond could be devastating if we uh, didn't yeah, keep that. It could that be a Skynet moment. <laughs> exactly. And so, and so I think the truth is there is a lot of effort. There is more attention. It's not sufficient. And it's not focused on uh, on the right topic. I think I think the right topic for uh, for for regulation today is to criminalize every AI that harms humanity outright. You've had such a fantastic career to this point in terms of your exposure as an entrepreneur, about the advisor to different organisations. Obviously, what you saw from within the wonderful world of Google X. And using that backdrop, if you were to look forward from here to the medium term future, say, and I appreciate that there's lots of really good candidates for the question I'm just going to ask, but which sectors do you think are going to be most transformed and disrupted by the application of AI? And so I appreciate there are a lot of very good candidates here. So um, <laughs> this might be a broad question. Which ones do we wish will be transformed is different than which oh, well, ones that's, that's will be it, yeah, that's, a very, that's a very good distinction between the two. So maybe we'll just deal with that one first. Which ones would you like to be disrupted? So, so I, I, th I think the one that probably will be an, on top of both is healthcare. So uh, I think COVID and uh, the challenges we had with COVID-19 uh, probably will allow us to um, to to 
to invest to to find investments in healthcare. Uh, my sector, so uh, you know, the startup I'm currently running uh, in, you know, in you want if you want to call it fulfillment in e-commerce, but rather the entire approach to consumerism, I think, uh, would benefit second. It's a very very hot market, lots of investment. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, you know, and mega room for for intelligence. You know, we can do things so much more intelligently than we've done in the past. Um, I, I definitely think science would be my third wish. Uh, but uh, you know, because if you advance science, you advance everything else. But my expectation yeah. is that this is not going to be the case. Unfortunately, like science has always suffered. Uh, you know, from having to justify when how they get their grants and investments and so on. Yeah. Too many vested interests. Exactly. Yeah. It's. A bit, I mean. I. You know, I mean. In reality, the the idea is that we have to realize that we live in a market where there needs to be a return, an immediate return on investment. Uh, even though you know there are mega, mega, mega examples of scientific discoveries. Uh, you know that uh, that. Um, that completely change uh, commercially that have a, a, a massive impact. You know, I, I interviewed on, on my podcast on slow-mo, I interviewed uh, uh, Konstantin Novoselov, uh, who is the um, uh, Nobel Prize winner for um, isolating graphene. And graphene, uh, from a scientific point of view, as a science experiment, was really not that complicated, but the, but the impact of graphene on our uh, on our ability to manufacture uh, you know semiconductors and uh, solid materials and so on is just immense right and so may i wish that this there would be more in investment going into ai and science but i don't think it's going to be on top of the list uh, sadly of course you're going to see um, uh, a lot of investment that continues in uh, i don't know how to to say it nicely but it is what it is in human manipulation um so so in um in influencing your views online in uh, uh in surveillance in um information gathering in um intelligence in general around you as an individual or a group of individuals which sadly is getting a lot of investment so my, my hope is healthcare he healthcare hopefully would be at the top and then uh, and then hopefully, you know, lots of other good stuff. I mean, environmental uh, um, uh, um, advancement is also, it's not going to be on the top, uh, even though I think more and more now investment is pouring into uh, hopefully saving us from what we've been doing for quite a few years. Well, certainly that's good news for our summit in the sense that health tech is one of our key panels. So I'm pleased that we seem to have caught the zeitgeist in relation to that area, at least. Another um, different question, you're moving, we are one billion happy, you know, an incredibly um, laudable uh, and fantastic aim that you have. Uh, and you've got a very yeah, ambitious mes message and ambition uh, in relation to that. Um, I presume that that you see innovation and technology as being inextricably linked with that, both for reasons bad and for reasons good. Um, how do you see that play out? Do you, is it the case that you could ever uh, do without the technology in order to become happy no. and other, thing, other than just by removing yourself from society as a whole? Or is it the case that okay, we have this to live with and it's just something that we are going to have to adapt and learn to apply in, in a, a better way, in a way that is more... Um, supportive of our long-term happiness. 
Yeah, as, as I said, I mean, uh, technology is a double-edged sword. So you, what you want is for every individual to make the choices that make technology work for them and not against them. You know, I, I, I stay in touch with my wonderful daughter uh, in Canada uh, because of social media, right? I, I uh, you know, I, I can contact her anytime I want on a, on a video conference, on a Zoom call or a WhatsApp call because of technology. Technology is wonderful in that sense. It's when we overuse technology and use it the wrong way uh, that it starts to hurt us, okay? If we, it, it is, it's when we believe the promise, not the promise of the technology, but the promise of the marketers that are trying to sell you the technology uh, you know that it starts to 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 work against you. So, so technology itself is not to blame. Even though I am very very conscious about what technologies I use, I have tools on my phone to limit the number of hours I spend on the phone. I know exactly, uh, you know, when I start swiping and typing, as I say, you know, aimlessly and mindlessly, I I recognize and I stop. I I also uh, um, make it a point to never submit to the uh, to the artificial intelligence of social media. So I never click on anything that's suggested to me. I only go and search for the things that I, I want to, to look for. I spend an, a reasonable amount of time searching for what I need, and then I leave the, you know, my device behind and so on and so forth. Uh, so this is one side. I have to admit, though, though, on the other side, that One Billion Happy as a mission itself uh, is benefiting tremendously from technology. So, so if you just take the, the ascend of the, of the, uh, of, of the mission, when we started, it started with the book and the book is, if you want a technology, but it's a 1876 type technology since the printing press, right? <laughs> so, so it's not the most widely spread. Yeah, we sold hundreds of thousands of copies of Soul for Happy, but, but it's still not the widest possible thread, you know, spread, uh, you know, conferences and podcasts and so on. Uh, reach tens of thousands, uh, you know, maybe hundreds of thousands at a time. But also just in general, you know, uh, I had some of my videos had 87 million views. So that's the kind of, of spread that we focus on as a team. We, we are trying to get into the places where people are reached through technology uh, to, to find, yeah. uh, you know, um, um, to, to find the message of happiness. Slow-mo, my podcast is now in the top 2% globally, all constantly getting tens of thousands of people twice a week to receive a message that changes their mind about the way they live. But my, my big next step, actually, which is hopefully out at around the same time uh, as uh, our conference, um, is, uh, is, uh, is my app. So I have a, a, a happiness app that uses artificial intelligence uh, to basically help you understand what's making you unhappy, as opposed to most of the other technologies and happiness where people just try to make you happy by throwing things at you. Uh, the idea of Appy is to try and get you to, uh, to, to, to figure out why you're unhappy, whether it's a moment of unhappiness or a chronic unhappiness, if you want. And when you discover it, we follow a model that we call be, learn, do. So first understand, become aware of what's the reason, then learn, then practice, right? It's much better than just throwing content at you, hoping that one of it will stick or, you know, sending you tasks yeah. when we don't know what it is that is that you're suffering from. There's nothing wrong with the machines. Absolutely nothing wrong. They're wonderful in every possible way. There is just a few things wrong with us. 
Okay, and if we right. manage to to behave the right way to direct them as infants in the right direction, hopefully this artificial intelligence that's looking at happiness will help us figure something out. Will help us really make the world happier. Will send the message that is the message of Scary Smart. It's it's the message of the book, which is if we have one of those AIs realize that happiness matters to humanity, right? Suddenly AI may say, okay, okay, I get that. You know, they shouted at me because they were angry at this because they want to be happy. You know, they, they'll get how the complexity of how our human psyche is. And hopefully by ceasing the, the attacks, if you want, uh, from us on them and from us on each other, uh, the machines will start to learn. Those are the reasons that we can change so that we can have yeah. a, a more peaceful and happier society. So taking that... Um positive note which i think we can all endorse and, and uh, cross our fingers for obviously we're very much looking forward to you coming to our uh, our summit on the 5th of october and i think your keynote is going to be fantastic for all of us but if you were to be speaking to somebody who attends the summit um virtually um on the 5th of october and were to be saying to them if there's one thing that it would be good for you to take away either from what you'll be talking about or from the, the summers as a whole, what would it be? I, I would hope that people will walk away, not just from my talk, but from every other talk, thinking and realizing that it is up to you, that our future, interestingly, is entirely in the hands of one individual, and then what that one individual is you. That, that if you if you manage to change your behavior, you set our future on a very different path because the future is now detected from the behaviors of all of us put together. And so I'm asking for one simple change. You know it inside your heart that the real thing that you want is to feel happy, right? That all of the things that you're chasing are just path to getting there. That that uh, that you want to get the car or the attractive uh, partner in your life because you think they'll make you happy. Okay, so so make happiness your priority. Invest in your happiness, just like you invest in the things that you care about. Invest, like going to the gym, you know, an hour a day, three times a week. That's all I ask. Okay, mm -hmm. become a little more knowledgeable about what makes you happier, and then have the compassion in you to spread that message. One billion happy is not a fluffy, you know, hippie movement that is attempting to make people happier. It actually is at the core because I tend to believe that if we manage to change our value system, we change the value system of the machines and we build a utopia. At, at the beginning of Scary Smart, my book, I, I start the book by saying it's you and I in the middle of nowhere in the year 2055 in front of a campfire. Okay, I won't tell you until the end of the book why we are in the middle of nowhere. Are we hiding from the machines or are we there because the machines have served us so well that we have the luxury to be in the middle of nowhere and enjoy nature? Okay, the difference between them is that you realize that you're the parent of this new artificial intelligence and that you are responsible and that your behavior will mean that we're running for our life or we're just enjoying nature. Okay, and that it's a fantastic juxtaposition, isn't it? Yeah, and that difference is just you. It's just you. Yeah, 
I never really thought I'd be talking about the R rate of happiness, but uh, <laughs> clearly these days of uh, viral pandemics, we, maybe we have a pandemic of happiness upon us. I but hope I mean, that's, so. I think it's a fantastic proposition, Mo, and uh, uh, and I think that would be a fantastic um, concept for people to be taking away with them. And this a sense of empowerment in an age of apparent disenfranchisement, I think, would be a fantastic Absolutely. message to take away. So, well, thank you, Mo, for um, your thoughts today. And, and I think hopefully you'll give everybody who's tuned into the, the podcast today a true sense of the great value that you're going to be able to bring to the, the summit uh, in October. I, for one, certainly are looking forward to your keynote and for the rest of our panelists on the day. And I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic event. So very much thank looking you. forward to it. I am too. Thank you very much for the opportunity.